0: On Sky Talkers, we often say that Star Wars is tragedy, and perhaps one of the most tragic and villainous characters is Darth Maul. As we prepare to close out this chapter of his life in the Siege of Mandalore, we brought on the Darth Maul expert to dive deep into the fascinating and complicated history of the former Sith apprentice.
1: Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin.
2: Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey everyone,
0: I am your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to this very special episode where we have a very special guest here for you all.
2: Yeah, so welcome to the show, Katie. Katie on Twitter is Poha Dameron. And before she says hi, I just want to say Katie is such a great friend, and also is probably the biggest mall fan I know. She had an amazing panel last year at Star Wars Celebration. It's on YouTube and I will put it in the show notes. It'll be like the first thing in the show notes. You have to watch it. It is so good. It's about an hour of katie going through mall's timeline of released books comics every sort of mall appearance and it's you will learn something i swear and it is so good so we're so happy to have katie on the show to talk all things mall especially the son of dathomir comic so welcome to the show katie we're so happy you're here
1: hi you guys i'm crying now (laughs) i didn't know you were gonna say all that nice stuff it's true (laughs) it is true just just imagine okay so i was kind of like standing not standing i was here hyping myself up like okay let's go let's go like you know darth maul waiting behind those bay doors and then the doors open and duel the fates start playing except i'm crying (laughs) on the other (laughs) side amazing. <laughs> She's like, just give me a minute. Give me a minute. <laughs>
0: well, it's all so true. And um, I am personally really lucky because Katie and I got to have dinner when I was in San Francisco in 2018, which <laughs> feels like a lifetime ago. But I was there and it it was
1: easily 20 years ago it was
0: was. things
1: were so much better that we could eat at
0: restaurants
1: oh yeah oh my gosh we were so full of hopes and dreams we were full of hope and dumplings and it was a good
0: time so many dumplings so many dumplings but that was so much fun and then we got to see you at celebration and of course like charlotte said that's when you had your fantastic mall panel which just have to shout out that it's called it's a marvelous marvelous life (laughs) which i just it tickles me every time i hear
1: it (laughs) oh quick there's a story so um i i couldn't get my i gave the wrong address to um to everybody at Star Wars Celebration. So I couldn't get my passes until I actually showed up at Star Wars Celebration, you know, physically, day of. So I walk up to the booth and I'm like, yeah, I'm doing a panel. I'm supposed to have a panelist badge. And they're looking through and they're all like, mm, I don't find you. What's the name of your panel? And I look and I say, It's a marvelous life. And then there's a long pause. And then she just goes, Okay. And she- <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my god amazing <laughs>
1: perfect.
0: but she found it like obviously she found it she did she got yeah it. she
1: obviously found it it was it was all fine it was all great just like the more i had to say it out loud the more i had to like look at my life i had to go home and rethink my life <laughs> <laughs> no there's no perfect. rethinking here it's the best
2: title ever it really and is and then
0: like all so the good. it's like divided into parts right and so then all the parts have different names too that are mall centered and mall themed and it's just it's so good it's so creative i love it so much <laughs>
2: the mall bible mm-hmm. yeah the mall <laughs> the, yeah. the is the yeah, I,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love the mall song <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. So um, if you didn't guess by the title and or the intro, we are going to be talking all things Darth Maul in this episode. And uh, like Charlotte said, there was no one better to bring on to this episode than Katie. She is the mall expert and um, Charlotte and I are not. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we needed her to be here with us. And as we're getting ready for the final three episodes of the Siege of Mandalore, which we will be talking about at the end of the show, uh, we thought now would be the perfect time to have our own, marvelous episode with Katie. (laughs) And so we are going to be doing uh, three parts for this episode like we usually do. I actually think Katie is The first, if not one of the first guests we've had where we've actually done a typical three-part episode with guests. I was
2: thinking the same thing. Yeah. Interesting.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Usually we do different formats with guests, but we were like, no, this is like Katie will fit right into our three parts. And it just like it flowed like it made sense. So this is exciting at first. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But in part one, we are going to be doing a bit of an intro to Maul and um, a little bit more about Katie and her love for Darth Maul.
2: And in part two, we're going to be talking about the Son of Dathomir comic.
0: And then in part three, we're going to be talking about the Siege of Mandalore and speculation for the future for Maul. So without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? Okay, welcome to part one, where we're going to be doing an introduction to Maul. But first, we want to start with your introduction to Maul, Katie. Um, When did you first see Maul? And did you know it was Obsession at First Sight?
1: Uh, I don't don't know if I thought it was Obsession at first sight. I I definitely first saw him in the Phantom Menace marketing when I was 10 years old. And I thought he looked really cool. But then again, I thought everybody you know, for the Phantom Menace looked really cool. Like Padme looked awesome. I very specifically remember like standing in a grocery store and looking at a Pepsi display of, you know, Queen Amidala. You know, there's this big cardboard standee of her. And I remember saying, I want my hair to look like that. (laughs) (laughs) Like I I said that out loud. And then my mother said, (laughs) it's a wig. Like she's just like, (laughs) (laughs) like, right there. Suspension of disbelief gone, exactly (laughs) just gone, shattered, (laughs) childhood innocence ruined. So yeah, I thought Darth Maul looked cool, but I also thought you know, oh C three PO without his gold gold armor. You know, I, I had seen the OT, so I, I knew what a Star Wars was, and I was really, really excited to see Episode One. And I don't remember Maul like particularly standing out in the marketing to me, just because it was an onslaught of awesome. You know, like oh, the Pod Racers, yes. and, and Watto. What is that? He, he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> how are they, you know? I, I would like, how are they making a puppet like that? How are they doing with it? It's not a puppet, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, the Phantom Menace
0: marketing is truly something else.
1: Oh, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's a beast yeah.
0: in its own. It's, so, like, I didn't see Star Wars right until 2005, but I have memories of the Phantom Menace marketing. <laughs> and like
1: <laughs> that's yeah, just was everywhere. Yeah, that was that's everywhere.
0: insane. Like, that was not at all in my vocabulary. And yet I still remember seeing marketing for it in 1999.
1: Oh, yeah. No, you couldn't escape. And being 10 years old at the time... 10. Oh my gosh. It's, it's everywhere. It's in the air you breathe. Of course, it's going to just create a mania. And I think I just, you know, absorbed it because it's been 20 years and I'm still not over it. I'm just, I'm not the Phantom Menace. Just like, it still makes me like shake. (laughs) I get so excited. It's so good. Right. Right. I, uh, I go to see the movie and, and Darth Maul definitely stood out to me because he was so, I don't know dangerous and cool and he had a motorcycle and and he doesn't speak like you know hardly at all and i just i wanted to know more and then at the end he dies spoiler alert sorry (laughs) i i felt like i i felt like we had all missed out on something and i feel like a lot of people had felt that same way you know and and they wanted more yeah they crave you know we still want more mall everybody does yeah I think
2: that was a universal feeling at the end of The Phantom Menace of being like, that's it? Like, of this awesome bad guy? He's so cool. He has a Mm double-bladed lightsaber. He's awesome. We've never seen anything like this before. And that's it? Darn it. Yeah. Thankfully, that didn't last.
1: (laughs) No, it didn't even last the year because uh, before, you know... Um, 1999 was over, like we had mall, like books, mostly children's books. And um, early 2000, we had a Darth Maul comic. Uh, you know, yeah, we were getting Darth Maul content pretty much right out of the gate, which I think <laughs> helped.
0: <laughs> I always forget, like, how soon, like, I, I, not that I forget, I didn't even know until your panel, like, how <laughs> soon that all of that content started coming out after <laughs> The Phantom Menace came out. It really is. It really is incredible. They're like, yeah, no, the people want Darth Maul and, you know, so do we. Just
1: Give them the Darth Maul. Just go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, like, you are the expert in all things Maul. You've read everything that has come out about him. Do you have a favorite piece of Maul content or trivia that you return to the most?
1: I mean, uh, all of it obviously is very near and dear and precious to me. If you, you know, pointed at any Darth Maul thing and said, Do you want to talk about that? I'd be like, Yes, we're talking about it for the next three hours. (laughs) Clear your schedule, you know? (laughs) But my favorite, absolutely, is um, The Wrath of Darth Maul, which is a young adult uh, book that came out in 2012. It was time to come out right before Maul came back to the Clone Wars right? That's that, that market synergy, right? (laughs) Yeah, we love that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we love it. You love to see it. it. We love a schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, yeah. (laughs) So this book would have come out January of uh, 2012 and then March 2012, Maul is back in the Clone Wars. So you can read this book and then a few months later, oh, there he is. And you understand why these, you know, witches of Dathomir have such an interest in him. It's because, um, you know, in the Wrath of Maul, you find out, Gosh, Maul's like whole backstory, it's um, this book chronicles his life from ages about three to 20. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, right up until uh, he dies in The Phantom Menace and then he is being rescued. At The very last chapter is him being rescued by Savage Press. So it just ties in very, very nicely to those first episodes of The Clone Wars where uh, Maul comes back. And it's just my favorite because I love tender young Maul being, you know, just an adorable baby boy and then slowly transformed into just you know this monster this killing machine and it's just it's so heartbreaking to read and you just see how like oh none of this was ever his fault. He's he's an angel who's done nothing <laughs> wrong ever. <laughs> that's such a that's such a
0: breadth of time to cover in one book. Right. Um, I feel like there like there are other Star Wars books where they kind of hop back and forth between time time periods in characters' lives, but to go from like three to you know however old he was in the Phantom Menace, that's mm-hmm. that's quite a lot of time being represented for him. And it's oh, yeah. great. I haven't I haven't read it yet. I should. Um, (laughs) But it's really cool that they that they do go through all of these different kind of time periods in his life in one piece of content as it was.
1: Right. Yeah, you get you definitely get to see him develop. And um, I know that recently because of what's going on in the Clone Wars, how we're right up with Revenge of the Sith. We're talking about how Anakin fell into the dark side. It was just such a just a steep just, you know, plummeted right off into the dark side. And with Maul, it was very gradual. It had to be, like, ground out of him. You know, Mm -hmm. he kept, he would have these moments. You know, he's a child, just a little kid. And he has these moments of compassion, you know, wanting to help, wanting to love. And it has to just be repeatedly ground out of him. Uh, There's one scene in particular that really stands out to me. And it's, um, he's been training all day and he's uh, got this like really bad wound that has to be uh, patched up. Uh, He's being raised by droids, by the way. He has very, very limited contact with, you know, actual organic beings. Um, So this droid that he never knows how to feel about because it both hurts him and then patches him up afterwards, Um, you know, patches him up and then sends him off to his cell to sleep. And while he's sitting in his cell and he thinks maybe, this prison is in my mind. Uh, maybe I can escape somehow. And he starts um, pushing up against the walls. But of course, the walls don't budge. And when he steps back, because his hands were bloodied, he has left marks on the walls. And he just stares at the marks. And then he starts painting in his own blood. He's just start, he draws a window. And he imagines that he could escape through that window, perhaps. And he doesn't know why, but it makes him feel better. And then, of course, you know, Darcidius discovers these drawings, you know, punishes him severely. And he's like, okay, well, I can't do that anymore. You know, this this means of self, even the small means of self-expression has been taken from him, you know, made into something that will cause him pain. And you can't write a scene like that and then not have me be on this guy's side 100 percent. You know, you just you just want you yeah. to succeed.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, come on, that is like really, really heartbreaking. Yeah. And yeah, honestly, like <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was just thinking. You know, this is kind of a difficult word and one that I don't know if I don't know. Do you do you see Darth Maul as a villain? Like, would you define him as a as a,
1: a villain? <sighs> I think you have to sometimes, you know, just when you look at the things that he does, like when um, he gets brought to mother Talzin by Savage Press and revived. And the first thing that he wants to do after he's been given his life back is to go massacre Ryloth, (laughs) you know, just Mm -hmm. go to, go to the village and just lay waste to it to get Obi-Wan Kenobi's attention. You know, these people had to die so that he could get Obi-Wan Kenobi's attention. That's, I'm sorry, your childhood was rough, it, like right. real rough. <laughs> but that's that's not okay. What you just did, son. You know it. So, vi- I think he definitely does villainous things. But could he come back? Uh, absolutely, because that goodness is always in there. As much as he tries to suppress it again and again and again, um, we always see it resurface. Always, yes. right? This.
2: <laughs> This idea of a gradual descent to the dark side, and like this, this gradual descent into um, <laughs> murder and things mm-hmm. like that, yeah. <laughs> I think is uh, in Star Wars. You have to assume that a character like that can always come back because that is part of them especially in the beginning Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's to hear, anytime I hear you talk about Darth Maul it really just gives me such a greater appreciation for the character and really makes me Realize how complicated and layered this character is. And it's not like we haven't experienced that in throughout canon already, especially like, yeah, we had in The Phantom Menace, we had such a, you know, a badass character being introduced and then dying. But every piece of material after that has really just honestly improved upon the character and made me Mm -hmm. care so much more. All of the Maul episodes in The Clone Wars and Rebels are some of the most fascinating explorations of the Force and what it can be pushed to. This idea of the dark side gets so complicated when Maul is always introduced. And every time he's there, I I think that's why I found your panel so interesting. And I don't mean to keep talking about it, but I will. (laughs) Because... (laughs) It really just, it, it it made me realize how deep this character goes. And as someone who loves, like, I, everyone on who listens to our show knows, like, we love Ben Solo, we love Anakin Skywalker, and these kind of, when we examine their turn to the dark side, and uh, it's, comp- you can compare them to Maul, you can compare them to most dark side users, but for some reason, Maul's story, since it is so filled in, and we've seen so much of it, it is so interesting. And I love everything that you've said so far. I really, I really need to read
1: that book, man. Oh, it'll, <laughs> yeah. it'll break your heart. It absolutely will.
2: I love, I love that
1: you say complicated. That Maul comes in and he makes the dark side complicated because that, that's absolutely it. One of just my absolute favorite pieces of Maul content is watching him interact with Ezra, especially in Twilight of the Apprentice, because you see how. He talks to Ezra and recontextualizes Ezra's anger as almost a good thing. This anger, you know, helped him survive when he had nothing, when he had no one. He was being, you know, he had to raise himself, right? Because of what the Empire took from him. And Maul relates that pain that Ezra felt to his own suffering. You know, the Sith took everything from me. He makes that very earnest plea to Ezra. And then the two of them are able to work together to enter the Sith temple on Malachor. They, um, there's that, that very interesting scene. I, I don't know. I come back to it again and again. I don't know about you guys, where Maul and Ezra have to uh, lift up the stones to enter the temple. Um, where yes. of course, yes, mm-hmm. they, uh, they have to trust each other or of course they will be squished and die <laughs> and, you know, and you need two people to enter this temple. One person could not do it alone and you have to be able to trust the person that you're with and that in a Sith temple, the idea of trusting the person you're with and working together it, again in a Sith temple that, that raises all sorts of questions to me because mm-hmm. it means. Sith are capable of cooperation and equality, and and all these things that we would assume of a Jedi, you know, relationship.
0: It is so complicated. And and when you when Charlotte was talking, I, I was thinking exactly what you were thinking about Katie about Ezra and Maul. I think they have one of the most interesting relationships <laughs> that we kind of see throughout canon. And Maul is such a different kind of dark side character, especially like when comparing all of these quote unquote falls to the dark side. Like you were saying, it's It's very gradual and of course like there are gradual elements to both characters like ben solo and anakin's fall to the dark side but they do have kind of this breaking point where they really kind of tumble off the deep end and (laughs) like (laughs) with anakin we talk about it a lot like charlotte and i were you and i were just talking about this um on our last clone wars episode about like when is the like there's debate about the exact like the exact moment that Anakin actually falls to the dark side. But with Maul, it is like, it's so much more gradual. It's, it's spread out over time. And, and what does that mean for him as a character, both um, his relationship to the dark side and to the Sith, but also to whatever kind of goodness he does still have within him, where that is and, and the moments when it is activated and I just think, like, we see so many different expressions of the Force throughout Star Wars with things like um – the The Guardians of the Wills, with like the Bendu, you know, with the, with the Dyad, the World Between Worlds. But a lot of that is like often, not really the Bendu, but a lot of that is often surrounded like with the light side of the Force. But I think Maul is like such a blip in the dark side. Like even though he has this attachment to the Sith, obviously, and it, it, is, it is all of his motivation with Sidious and then with Kenobi as well. He does operate so separately from like so many other Force users. It's just, it's very fascinating And I think that it all really does come to a head and is explored really well in those scenes with Ezra um, in the Sith Temple and, like, him, like, (laughs) you know, when they're on Malachor and he's, like, all hobbly and then, like, he slowly, like, shows who he really is. And there is, like, this kind of authenticity when he talks to Ezra about wanting him as an apprentice and, like, almost, like, him wanting that companionship. But at the same time, he's still like he's he's still a dark side user and he's still to a certain extent using Ezra. It's it's incredibly complicated and he is just a really fascinating character.
1: Right. Yeah, he it seems to me like he never really understands where his need for another person comes from. He he talks about the Sith, you know, always two there are. He always needs another person, but I feel like there's something deeper going on there that he honestly is too afraid To really look at, you know, he he desires companionship and he desires, you know, to be equal with another person. But at the same time, that terrifies him. You know he, he doesn't know how to be equal with somebody. He only knows the cis way of thinking about things where there's the master, the person on top, and the person that is being controlled and dominated, the apprentice. And he thinks that that's the only way to have a relationship really. And since he refuses to be controlled again, he has to be the one controlling everybody. So when he he has those moments where he speaks to Ezra very authentically and they do seem like, you know, they could truly understand each other and learn from each other. You know, the way you might think of a a Jedi master and Padawan relationship Um, at the end of the day, as um, Maul is using Ezra because for him, that's safer and that's more comfortable because if he's using Ezra, then he can't in turn be used, you know, because he refuses to go back to being, you know, under Sidious's heel. Um, What's fascinating to me is that this Rebels wasn't the first time that's happened. That is incredibly consistent within Maul's character is him looking for another person. Um, whether it's uh, in in the Wrath of Darth Maul, the book I was just talking about, uh, he there's a, a girl named Kalindi who was a former slave, and she killed um, her her slave owners, you know, her masters. She was able to kill them, and Maul is very much, you know, how did you do that? Because <laughs> because he wants to be able to do the same thing, of course. And then, um, it, you know, it it, it comes up in a, in a lot of books where there will be somebody just out of Maul's reach and they he could maybe have a, a relationship with them, but he's just too afraid to have it because I think, you know, the dark side is afraid of those relationships. Yeah, I think that is so interesting because
2: as you were speaking, I was thinking about how much... One of the reasons why I, I like Darth Maul and his appearances, especially in animation, For me, that's really my context point and where I'm most familiar with Maul's story. Is everything feels so personal to him, like he? And I think that you don't really see that a lot with other Dark Side users, perhaps Ben Solo, I guess. But I think with and Anakin, I I guess. But like, (laughs) I think that it's it's different with Maul, and especially because we have the time throughout a television series to explore it. But I do think that there's something. That you don't see, like, if you can compare, like, we will, we'll talk about this in this Son of Dathomir comic example, but during his contemporaries, during the Clone Wars, I mean, Dooku, yeah, Dooku's great, love Dooku, sure, but I don't really think there's so much personal about Dooku, I think Dooku is um, business, more, more so than than Maul. I think they're very different in terms of villains, in terms of Dark Side users, and one is proper, and the other is, I like you say, in a weird way, seeking companionship in that like personal um, togetherness to defeat a common enemy. And I think I don't know. I, I think there's just something so interesting about uh, how everything that maul does feels um so close to his own personal goals rather than like a goal of the galaxy or power wise or something like that
0: i think that maul is just he's like one of the most passionate star wars characters i think we have and that just comes across in everything that he's in like any
1: piece of canon that he's in peace is a lie there is only passion Ooh. Wow. That's, sorry, that's that's <laughs> line one, verse one of the Sith Code. Sorry, what? when you say he's passionate, I'm like, <laughs> peace is a lie. There's only passion. Uh do you think it's personal to him because Sidious raised him? You know, that's just that's his father. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I think that oh. is so interesting as you examine through a lens, like especially the latest episodes of the Clone Wars and what's to come, like uh, what's even Maul's endgame when you see him in Solo like who is he still in a way trying to bring down Sidious it's it's all these things that I I think that it is yes I agree with you <laughs> is what I'm saying and there's just a lot there and it is so fascinating even comparing, wow, wow, wow. even comparing <laughs> Maul to Sidious, so then you have this like f- father-son relationship, but you also have that with Vader and Sidious as well. And like what went wrong in one and what actually worked for a certain amount of time in the other. And I I think Star Wars knows what they're doing when they were telling the story in order to compare these. And I, it's so fascinating. And the deeper you go the more your mind kind of scrambles a little bit about like, oh my, what is this even saying in terms of um, like the dark side of the force and how do we understand masters and apprentices and what's the end game of power or maybe not just power, but passion?
0: Yeah, it's like a lot of nature versus nurture question as well Mm -hmm. when it comes to, I think, comparing like Maul and Vader because they both were nurtured to be who they are but in very different ways and to very different endpoints as well. Both were ultimately failures, at least like through Return of the Jedi and with Maul himself too. It's just, it's it's incredibly complex and there's always, there's always more to uncover. And especially with Maul, I feel like there's always just like little pieces coming out about him. And the fact that we do get to see him in all these different places throughout canon, it's like, what is he doing back there? What is he doing now?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's always, it always seems like we're only seeing 10% of them all at a time.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think he likes it that way.
1: (laughs) You know? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's really true. He's just constantly like, don't look at me. (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know i think the comparison yeah to maul and vader seems inevitable because they were both kind of in a way raised by sidious in in maul's case very literal and from anakin's perspective more distantly uh sidious had a hand in raising anakin you know we will watch your career with much interest right you know from the time he was Mm -hmm. 10 years old but of course anakin had other influences and and maul did not um, to me, though, the interesting comparison I always end up comparing Luke and Maul because, mm. because of course, you know we have that line from Obi Wan in uh, Return of the Jedi where he said, you know, um, uh, we knew that the Emperor knew that if Anakin were to have any children, you know, they'd be very powerful and, and that he would want them. Uh, so, so we hid you and your sister. You know, we separated the twins to keep. To, you know to keep you from the emperor like specifically from the emperor and that's maul's backstory except it all goes horribly wrong maul is separated from his twin savage Press, and delivered into the hands of sidious and we uh. get uh, <laughs> right i know it just it hurts to, yeah. to, to look at and to think about and then uh you know we um When we finally see the twins reunited in Maul and Sauvage, Maul and Sauvage are are so different. Uh, Sauvage really is Maul's light side half. Um, When Maul dies, sorry, when Sauvage dies, his dying words to Maul are, Brother, I'm not like you. I never was. (laughs) You know, from from those early, those first episodes with Savage, we see what a good person he is, how he gives up his own life to save save Feral, you know, this this guy that Savage loves so much. Um, and, And we see how selfless he is and how once he's reunited with Maul, all he wants to do is protect Maul and stay with him because you're my blood. He, he's balance. very much. Yeah, balance. <laughs> he's such Maul's life side half, but Maul can never give himself to a balanced relationship. He chooses instead to dominate and control Savage. You know, we've talked about this before. That's exactly what he tried to do with Ezra. You know, that's every relationship Maul's ever in. It's very heartbreaking. And then, <laughs> sorry, not to, I just want to con- try to continue to break your minds, like, a little bit more. But, Please. you know, if we it's, talk about... They're breaking, they're breaking. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, keep breaking your brain. Yeah, so if Maul is this twin, you know, maybe the dark side half of these, you know, these two twins, and, you know, and he was broken apart, separated from from his twin, his light half, you know, is that the original sin? No. Anyway, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. For <laughs> when When you look at Maul, Maul, the the imagery of being broken in half comes up with Maul again and again and again and again to the point where it's almost comedic. You know, of course, you know, you think automatically of Maul being cut in half. You know, quite literally bisected. You know, mm-hmm. separated from his legs. Uh, his lightsaber, his double bladed lightsaber with two kyber crystals inside, is split in half. And for the majority of the Clone Wars, he wields a single saber. He has two hearts inside of his chest, not just one. The idea of Mall being split in half is just repeated again and again in Mall content, where you just kind of like, all right, we get it already.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask one question, one more question in this part for Katie. And it's kind of a little bit of a, I hope it's like a a tiny bit of a challenge, but I was wondering if you could distill Maul's character down to like a paragraph or a sentence or just what intrigues you the most about him and why people should be more interested in him?
1: Goodness, that is a little bit of a challenge. I do like it though. (laughs) Off uh, off the top of my head, I suppose what intrigues me the most is, um, you know that part of course you do because this isn't kitty hour you know that part (laughs) in return of the jedi when luke is just so upset (laughs) at vader and you know vader made that threat against leia you know if you won't be turned perhaps she will and luke snaps and he just goes ham on vader and you know cuts off his hand and vader's down And Luke just stops and looks at what he's doing and he looks at his own hand. I feel like Maul is the exact opposite, where most of the time he knows exactly what he's doing and he's hurting people and he's fine with it. And then he does something nice and he has to stop and look at himself and think, why did I just do that? He never... he never understands where that impulse comes from. And then it frightens him. It really is like the opposite of that Luke Skywalker moment where he is a a holy, well, a mostly good person who then is tempted by the dark side every now and again. And then he has to pull himself back. I feel like is by default is you know thinking in dark side ways and then he'll just impulsively do a light side thing and then he stops and goes wait what what was that i don't understand that and then he fights it back <laughs> and it's yeah that's just fascinating to me and an example i can think of comes from the comes from the darth maul comic uh released in 2017 and it's just called darth maul um and in that comic, uh, he is drawn to this Jedi Padawan. He's actually been hunting her this whole time and he actually becomes quite close to her. And at the end, he he does kill her and he doesn't know why it doesn't feel good. <laughs> like mm. he's wanted to kill her this whole time. He's like, you're a Jedi, I hate Jedi because this this takes place before the Phantom Menace. And so he's very much in that I am Sith, I have to prove myself, I have to prove myself to the dark side and he's he finally gets what he thought he wanted and he kills her and it just doesn't feel like it should and so he goes off and he he avenges her death by killing the woman that sold this jedi padawan into slavery and and he's like you know he's the this woman goes well are you here for the jedi you know are you here like you know to avenge her and maul's He does not know how to express. He's like, I don't know why I'm here. Please give me an excuse to kill you. And the woman, uh, you know, she says, I know what you are. You're Sith. And because this is before the Phantom Menace and the Sith are in hiding, he's like, perfect. Now I have an excuse to kill you. And, And he does. And it's just. That's always so fascinating to me is that struggle between why am I doing what I'm doing when when most of the time he's just so certain of himself. But then something nice will happen and he just does he falls apart completely, just doesn't know <laughs> how to handle it at all.
0: Oh my god, that's so interesting. I feel like I'm gonna be thinking about this Mall and Luke comparison
1: so much <laughs> oh I I'm always doing that I and people yeah people get so surprised they're like why are you comparing Maul and Luke they never even meet and I'm just like because they're the same <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah when you when you explain it, I'm
0: like oh, that's so obvious why have I not <laughs> seen this but Wow. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Okay. I'm really excited to start talking about the Son of Dathomir comic though. So are we ready to move into part two? Yes. Yeah, let's Yeah. Let's do it.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Welcome to part two where we are going to be talking all about the Son of Dathomir comic. If you haven't read it, what are you doing? Um, Just kidding. We are going to be talking spoilers for this comic though. Just an FYI, if you haven't uh, read it and are trying to stay spoiler free this this is going to be spoilers. So there's your spoiler warning. Um, but <laughs> I only recently, as in this past week, read The Son of Dathomir comic. And I loved it so much. And I know that there is just a bounty of mall comics that I need to read. And I think Son of Dathomir was kind of... I think, even though it's the only one I've read so far, but kind of the perfect first Darth Maul comic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel like it, it hit on a lot of topics that I'm, and characters that I'm both familiar with and that I find really interesting, so... It's short. It's four uh, issues for this comic, and it's really interesting because it, I'm going to give like a brief overview of it, and then for those of you that haven't read it or need a refresher, and then we're going to be talking uh, to Katie and get kind of pick her brain about some of the things that happen in within this comic. So it starts with Maul in prison and he is uh, broken out by Death Watch. And it's this whole kind of cat and the whole thing is kind of cat and mouse between Sidious and Talzin. And Katie, feel free to correct me for anything I'm getting wrong or forgetting. (laughs) (laughs) But um, basically, Sidious is trying to get Mother Talzin uh, out of hiding or I guess revived. (laughs) It's kind of confusing. (laughs) And uh, Maul tries to go back to Mother Towson. There is a team up with Maul and Dooku that's kind of suspicious. And it ends with Sidious and Dooku fighting Towson and Maul in this battle. There's also like a little bit of possession that happens <laughs> between <laughs> Towson and Dooku. It is a roller coaster ride, let me tell you. Um, Casual blood sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the um, the the number of times I think like it's more than once now that Talzin has um, possessed Duku, which I just I I like that that's kind of a running motif. I just think it's
1: kind of funny. What? Yeah, <laughs> and like that one episode of the Clone Wars where she just yeah. casually has his hair, like she just says, right? Just, right? <laughs> like what is <laughs> what is the story there? It's, <laughs> it's I there's
0: something there, and I need there's to know more. There. But anyway, uh. <laughs> so the four of them are in this battle and basically Sidious is going to win. And so Talzin, Mother Talzin basically tells Maul to leave her and Maul doesn't want to. And then she like force pushes him away into his ship with Death Watch and they escape. And then Sidious kills Mother Talzin and uh, you kind Maul has
1: to watch.
0: Yeah, yes. <laughs> and- uh. You can see that that's kind of his goal from the beginning. And I thought that there were so many interesting tidbits throughout this comic, like what how Sidious is talking about Maul, how Maul is talking about Sidious and Mother Talzin. I thought it was just, it was really layered. And it was really cool to have this comic that was just all bad guys <laughs> just <have to> see. <laughs> going at it. And I thought it was really fascinating seeing... Like at the end of it, Sidious makes clear that this whole kind of escapade was never really about Maul. It was about Towson and using Maul, Mother Towson, and using Maul as a bit of bait, and um, that this is all part of his grand scheme. And I think, like so often when we're talking about Palpatine and Sidious and his whole plan, it's all very tied to the Jedi and the Jedi Order and Anakin. And that's a lot of our point of reference for how he's manipulating things in the galaxy. And I really I really liked how this comic showed that Sidious has so many pieces on the board, <laughs> and <laughs> this is just like one side of what he's doing in this whole galactic overrule situation. And I, I liked how, I mean, there are like Obi Wan is in this, and um, the other Jedi, uh, they're in it, but they're not the main players. It really is about Dooku, Sidious, Maul, and Talzin. And I thought it, it was really fun, just like watch these people be bad <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true yeah you say that yeah the the jedi are in it but only for like 3 pages it's almost yeah. like they're an annoyance the jedi are like oh there's you know been some you know droid separatist movement here on on ord Mantel. so we should check that out and then they check it out and it immediately goes wrong for them and maul's just kind of like why are you here just, just <laughs> let's go away yeah yeah <laughs>
0: they yeah it just it is funny how they're just like they're there but they're not yeah the Jedi
1: just like <laughs> you know in like I feel like You know in any other clone wars episode it would be about obi-wan you know like he would be the the center player he doesn't even consider for a second that there's a whole nother story going on that's not about him oh what i find so fascinating is that mace windu he proposes that dooku has in fact been the sith lord that they've been looking for this whole time the one controlling the senate and that maul must be his apprentice so which blind. I'm like yeah exactly oh so blind so blind because you know he those are that's the only way these pieces fit in his mind where he's like okay well if there's only ever two sith and there's two sith right in front of me haha i've done the math i figured it out <laughs> like oh mace honey no though like i i i would actually kind of love to read mace windu's fanfic because if you follow his logic through to conclusion then then you have to think that while while Dooku was training Qui-Gon, or maybe after, because Maul's younger, so he must have Dooku must have finished training Qui-Gon and then secretly trained this dark side apprentice. It's, it, it's wild. Okay, what is this fanfic? What? what <laughs> what's the timeline? Yeah, what's the timeline? What's the timeline? What's, what's going on in Mace Windu's head here? I just I don't. <laughs> I don't follow. <laughs> I think
2: it's really interesting also, like in the t- on the topic of uh, Mace, he also says, we can't let Mandalore fall into the hands of the Separatists, which is just, that really got my blood boiling after oh, the right. last episode of the Clone Wars, because, <laughs> you know, the Jedi really don't seem to care about whatever's happening on Mandalore with Maul, but really this kind of recontextualizes it. They would care if the Separatists were more involved, but it, because they're not they didn't care at all in the latest episode of the Clone Wars part one of the Siege of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so, I was like, Oh my God, of course, like this is so layered. And it made me, I wish this was animated and we got to see this actually happen. And cause yes. this was originally a Clone Wars script that they turned into a comic. And I'm so happy we have this comic, but you can't help, but feel like when you're flipping through this, that Oh, man, like we could have seen villains on villains fighting each other. We could have seen possession. It would have been so cool. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> it, it's it's awesome. And I think that there's a couple of elements in this comic that I mean, it, since it takes place literally right before the siege of Mandalore and everything. I think that it really does feed into the episodes that we we just saw or the one episode when at the time of recording. Um, it introduces, I believe, the character of Rook, right? Right, um, yeah. She, cast, yeah, uh, yeah. Rook She's cast, awesome. yes, <laughs> so awesome, and voiced by Vanessa Marshall on the show. I was like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I even the the introduction of these mall, mall helmets and everything—it's so cool. This comic does so much. It, the, to me, this felt—I haven't read a comic um, that felt like that moved so fast and did so much in so many pages recently. I I think this one was so great. And I think you recently told me that it was super hard to get when it came out, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Because um, it was originally published by Dark Horse. And uh, this, so in 2014, by 2014, when this comic was published, Disney, of course, had the rights to Star Wars, but Marvel didn't. The, it, it was complicated and weird, and I don't understand it, but so for whatever reason, it meant that Dark Horse had the publishing rights to Son of Dathomir, and they did that, but it was a very limited run, so if you wanted to get your hands on this comic, your best bet was buying it off secondhand, and people were charging, you know, hundreds of dollars for it, and I'm like, no, I'm sorry, Maul, but no, I, I can't. Uh, But then in 2017, I guess the legal whatever shook out. Uh, Marvel now has the publishing rights to uh, to Star Wars comics. Whoever, whoever uh, knows more about Star Wars, you know, comic publishing could probably correct me on all of this. I'm not super into Star Wars comics. I just remember (laughs) it being super hard to get this until 2017 when it was re-released through Marvel. And then suddenly you could just pick it up for like twelve dollars.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I. That's so. I think it. It sounds like this was one of those casualties that was stuck between, um, like so, <laughs> the the handoff, the trade-off, which mm-hmm. is really interesting. I want to take a second because you mentioned this, Caitlin, in your discussion or over overview. But like the last lines of this comic are insane. The the whole no count, everything is happened as foreseen this was as difficult this was a difficult piece to maneuver but now it's in place Maul's future has been erased while ours is more certain than it has ever been what do we think about that line
1: i think it breaks my heart is what it does (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness it's one of those things where yeah we're coming up on the end of the clone wars and he's you know the emperor is going to well, he will be emperor and he will sit on the throne of what was once our beautiful Republic and it will be a glorious empire. And, you know, his, his future is certain he can see it and, you know, he has stomped out Maul and I guess, you know, we're supposed to be happy (laughs) that, you know, that, that Maul isn't slaughtering people, I guess, but, you know, it just kind of makes me really sad because, you know, if Talzin and Maul and the Jedi and all of them could work together, to defeat you know sidious wouldn't that be great but you know that's that's the dark side dark side clouds everything and instead they're fighting each other <laughs> instead of the yeah. person who put them in a room and made them fight you know it's uh
0: it well, hurts it's, me yeah it it does it's, it's such an interesting line that he says maul's future has been erased because it's not like he killed maul maul is Still alive, like this was about Mother Talzin in the end, mm-hmm. and that by getting rid of Mother Talzin, then it impacted Maul's future. And there was this really interesting, like you've been talking a lot about like Maul's childhood and and how he grew up and this like kind of gradual descent into the dark side, which I find really fascinating. And Dooku says this interesting line in the comic too, where he. Where they're talking about basically using Maul as bait to get to Talzin, and they're like, "If you, I forget what the line is, but it's like, if you push him enough, he'll do what any child does—he'll cry out for help." Yes. And oh. I, it's, it's so, <laughs> it's like, and you were talking too about the difference between Duku and Maul, and it's so good because Duku is this very like prestigious older count, right? And he's talking about Maul as a child crying out for help from his mother, and. That's that's pretty much what Maul does in the comic. And it's interesting thinking about Maul as being a very ruthless character. Like we've been talking about very passionate um, in his uh, villainy (laughs) (laughs) and in his motivations. But in this moment, they and like he's very emotional and he's very selfish. And and those are all kind of characteristics of the dark side. But then to describe him as a child kind of throwing a temper tantrum, but also like crying out for help when backed into a corner. It's just, it's, it's a really interesting contrast that we don't get to see in a ton of characters.
1: Yeah. Well, we've certainly seen it before in Maul because remember when he was captured by Sidious on Mandalore and Sidious, you know, just so utterly defeated him and had just slaughtered his brother and Maul's laying there. What does he do? He starts crying, <laughs> says, you know, please, mercy, please. You know, he begs. He is very much when he's down and outright like that. He just turns into a little child and starts <laughs> crying and asking for help. And that. That breaks me so much. Again, you can't write scenes like that and not have me root for that character, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. yeah, right. And I mean, I was really
2: struck by this comic because we have another example of a mother sacrificing herself for the, I guess you could say, well-being of her child. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. was shocked, <laughs> shocked, yeah, that well- that's that we have another example of this in Star Wars.
1: I Yeah, I go back to that scene a lot because, I don't know, to me, there's a lot going on in the subtext between Talzin and, and Maul because, you know, they, they have they have successfully drawn out Sidious and, it, and it's just down to them, you know? This is, this is their shot. Maul has waited a really long time to have a shot like this where he can actually oppose Maul, not Maul, Sidious Um, you know, he, I guess he kind of had a shot when it was him and his brother against Sidious, but even that's not, that's not quite as, I don't know, the odds aren't quite as even as when it's mother Talzin against Sidious. She is one of the few creatures in the galaxy that could truly oppose Sidious. That's why Sidious wants her off the board so badly. You know, Dooku has that line where he says that mother Talzin is older and fouler than we realize, uh, she she really is one of the only forces that could truly challenge Sidious. And, you know, so this is it, if it's now or never. And so Maul looks at Talzin and he says, Mother, take my strength. And and I, I feel like he's saying, take my life, because that's what she does, mm-hmm. right? She's able to use mm-hmm. force energy in that way. She just drained Dooku. She could theoretically have drained Maul's life and used it to get her revenge to kill Sidious, you know, possibly she, she, and at least it might have worked. We don't know, but instead she chose her son's life. That, that is shocking. It is because she has worked, Talzin has worked so hard to also have this shot at Sidious. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. What matters is the life of her son. It's a lot. It's a lot, (laughs) it's a lot, it is a lot. And then, and then when Maul has to watch her die, oof. I Oh, I I so wish this had been an episode because I would love to hear Sam Witwer's take on these lines of him screaming for his mother, screaming, you know, mother, no, mother. You know, because mm-hmm. he's watching her die. Oh, Ugh. Ugh. It, uh, it ruins me. I'm, I'm out. <laughs>
2: it, it ruined me too, honestly. And I was mm-hmm. actually surprised how much it ruined me. Mm-hmm. And I'm so with you. I would love to hear Sam Witwer's uh, voice acting over this. Mm-hmm. I also... I don't know. I, I've been thinking. It's interesting that it came down to this kind of, I wouldn't say f- final showdown, but I guess you could, um, between why Sidious wants Mother Talzin, and I, I, I think that it part. What I was thinking about when I was reading the comic was, why would Sidious really want Mother Talzin? What is the main threat for Sidious for Mother Talzin? And I think it's. I, I don't know. I think that M- Mother Talzin, Night Sisters, Night Brothers, or. Um, they all introduce a sort of element of magic that, and and in turn, an element of chaos that cannot have interrupted Sidious's plan, the pieces on his chessboard, anything like that. And therefore, they must be eliminated. Um, And I I don't know, I, I, I was thinking a lot about um, what Mother Talzin kind of represents in the grand scheme of the story. And I kind of kept going back to that, um, that the, the whole element of magic, while it's, it's different than the force, even though it kind of is the force.
1: I don't know. Yeah, it's something he can't control. Insidious can't abide things he can't control. You know, it, it is very much an unknown. They do talk about in the comic about how Sidious once went to Mother Talzin and they merged their, you know, dark side secrets and Darthmire magic to, you know, honestly, if I had to guess, I think Sidious was looking for a way to, you know, um, what's it called, to conquer death, you know, preserve mm-hmm. his own life. He was looking for that kind of dark side, the the. The witches' resurrection magic, you know, because they have zombies, they they have ghosts, the, the Night Sisters have obviously figured out something on the other side of life that definitely would have attracted Sidious, but he probably he just wasn't able to master it. He doesn't have that connection to Dathomir the way that the witches do, the way that Maul does. And so he's just like, Well, since I can't control this and I can't have it, I have to kill it. It's
0: so interesting. Yeah. Like <laughs> What you said, Charlotte, I think described it well, too, about it being magic and like this element of chaos that is really uncontrollable. And then like you were saying to Katie that if it's not something he can control, then it cannot exist. <laughs> and it's funny because I, I like I remember being introduced to Dathomir and thinking like, yeah, this is very chaotic. <laughs> what
2: is happening here?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a lot to take in for star wars but i think like you you raise such an interesting point katie about the um like, how Dathomir has in, like, Mother Talzin and the Night Sisters and the Night Brothers, they have been able to tap into something on the other side of life. And for as much as, as Palpatine, as Sidious is after that, he, like, that's something that's outside of his realm of understanding, something that he, I guess you might even be able to say isn't powerful enough to tap into, which is really fascinating when we think like when we consider that that Sidious is kind of the end-all be-all as far as powerful figures in the galaxy, especially at this time, considering how much he is controlling. And while he wasn't able to master what Mother Talzin could do at the time, he's still able to eventually destroy her. And so this kind of give and take of their power dynamic is... Um, it's a lot. Like the, I feel like it. I would love to see a story about just Mother Talzin Insidious and Sidious, and they're kind of back and forth, and and what Talzin shows Palpatine, Sidious, that he can't even begin to master himself.
1: Yeah, I want to see the exact moment that he was like, you know what? I am so over these witches. I'm just gonna take her baby boy, and and I'm out. Just by like what? What was that? Yeah, what was that like? What was this like crazy? Dark side Gap Year for Sidious on Dathomir. <laughs> <Gap> year. <laughs> yeah. You're on Dathomir D. Yes, exactly. Dathomir University. <laughs> he comes back. Plagueis is like, where have you been? And his backpack is just covered in stickers. And just, you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I and love it. He has it. a son now. Just like, yeah, this is... <laughs> What is that? that? Where, <laughs> did that? Where did you get that? Where did she get that? He just points at Baby Maul. What is? What is that?
0: Oh. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! That tomato. <laughs> that <my> Baby tomato. <laughs> so funny.
2: <laughs> I think you know it's been talked about that I think it was Freddie Prince Jr. who talked about Mall's journey being somewhat, not somewhat, entirely Sisyphean. And I was wondering if you agreed with that, and whether or not you saw that in in this comic.
1: I think I think it's just a. It's just, I can never say that word. It's sassafrasian. It's, it's fine. It's a big word. It's, it's a big word. <laughs> I think it is of S- Sisyphus. Gosh dang it! <laughs> I, tried, yeah. I tried to come in through the back door, and even then, I was just denied. <laughs> 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 I think it's, sis, sis, gosh, okay, I'm going to stop. All right. All right. <laughs> I think it is like that in, in that when you look at Maul's life, he does always start with nothing, and then he climbs up the hill, and then he just gets knocked back down and has nothing, and then he comes back up <laughs> and gets knocked yeah. down. It is, it's it is, it's over and over. You see it. He, he starts off. You know, just just a child being trained by Sidious and he reaches the power of his apex. Sorry, the apex of his power. And (laughs) Obi-Wan cuts him in half and he gets thrown in the garbage and has to languish there for 10 years. And when he comes back, he has nothing, like absolutely nothing. And then a month later, he's sitting on the throne of Mandalore. and, And then Sidious shows up and knocks him back down again and throws him in prison you know, it's it It's very cyclical with Maul of this, this starting down so low and then climbing back up and then just getting knocked right back down again. And so I, I agree in that way. I, I see him acting more childlike than trying to amass power. This isn't necessarily him building a crime syndicate or trying to get on the throne of, of Mandalore. I don't think this is one of those gambits. In this comic... It's kind of like we were talking about before. It's so personal. When Maul is able to capture Dooku and Grievous, what's the first thing he does? He calls up Sidious on the phone and brags about it. Look what I can do. You, you know, you thought these guys were better than me? They're not better than me. Take me back. <laughs> it, it's all so terribly personal of course that phone call does show dooku that sidious is willing to discard him at a moment's notice which dooku ben knew what are you what are you what are you doing here maul <laughs> but the the fact that that's what he goes to and that he even when maul is like i am so over you sidious i i'm done and i'm gonna i'm coming for you old man he still craves that approval in a way
0: yeah, yeah. It's 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 a fascinating one. It made me think too about the line that you had pulled in your presentation from the Darth Maul journal, where Maul is describing his upbringing with Sidious. And at the end of it, he talks about how uh, after all this intense training he's gone through with Sidious, Maul says, now I never fall. And mm. like with that with that like goodness kind of being ground out of him and, and like like we've been talking about kind of gradually falling to the dark side and, and him ending with or you rather selecting this quote that ended with, Now I never fall. But the whole myth around the Sisyphusian myth. Sisyphus (laughs) myth. Sassafrasian. Yeah, him, the Sassafras. (laughs) It is about this continual fall and rise. And I just found it really cool, that, really sad and foreboding, really, that Maul says, now I never fall, when he will continue to do that throughout his life. And I think that kind of last arc in Rebels, it is kind of the best... A depiction of that because he literally starts at the bottom and then throughout the whole episode they're rising, rising, rising to the top of this Sith temple. Um, it, it just it paints a good picture, I think, especially comparing it to that myth.
1: Oh, I love that because specifically in, in that in that quote that that we're talking about where he says, now I never fall. Um, The lesson from Sidious was never prepare for a fall, never break a fall. You know, if you you start falling down, just don't, don't stop it because it means that you were prepared for the fall. He, he trained Maul to never have a safety net and you just see him going through his whole life like that. And it just, it never works out where he, he is like, okay, well, I'm just, just going to keep going, assuming that I'm going to reach the top. And then he just gets, Utterly wasted every single time. What a bummer. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> you you had kind of touched on it earlier when we were talking about Maul kind of bragging about capturing Dooku and Grievous. But c- Katie, could you kind of talk a little bit about Maul's relationship with Sidious and within this comic? It's such a complicated relationship, and we've been touching on it a lot throughout this episode. But I think in this in this comic, it, it really kind of emphasizes it.
1: Oh, certainly. Yeah. Their relationship in this comic, it, it really does come down to Talzin. They're striking at each other through Talzin. Uh, of course, the comic begins with uh, Sidious in, in just one panel. He uh, says that uh, Maul came to him as a child, a not so appreciated gift from Mother Talzin, which was something that had been, uh, of course, uh, touched on in, um, in in books Um comics that came before all this but we had never seen that part of Maul's backstory in like a clone wars episode it makes me wonder if we're ever going to see it in, in animation if it'll be touched on again this you know relationship between sidious and Maul. i really hope so but of course we could talk about that later when we speculate about the the rest of the siege of mandalore um and so really this whole comic just focus on uh The fact that maul was taken from talzin and what a deep wound that created in her her need for revenge it's almost like she doesn't even care that that um grievous came and wiped out all of you know the night sisters wiped out the whole clan and laid dathomir to waste you know that is so insignificant to talzin uh, which it shouldn't be. She's the clan mother, but she doesn't even really care. That was a piece on the board that she was willing to sacrifice if it meant that she could avenge her son and what Sidious turned him into. Oof. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I feel like that's every single thing we talk about ends with oof, because that's, that's it, Maul. <laughs> it's so sad. It's true, though, but that's what <laughs>
2: makes him so interesting is yeah. that he... It Every single... Like, bit of his life ends with oof, but mm-hmm. he's still climbing. He's as still he hit, going. Like,
0: as he hits the bottom with a big
1: oof, and then he oof. starts climbing exactly. again. Yeah, <laughs> it, it builds, it builds, it builds, and then it is a gut punch. And then you're just like, oof.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Always and forever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Small, comma, oof.
0: <laughs> I just, yeah, I. The way you talk about him, it's just it, – it brings, like, such new life to the character. It's, like, even though I really enjoy his character and everything that I've read and stuff, it's just – I don't know. It's just, it's so great to talk to someone who is so passionate about, like, something very specific. Like, this is your character. Like, this is your person in Star Wars. And it's just, you can always hear that passion come through when you're talking about it. And it's like, no, keep going. Like, don't, you don't have to stop. Just keep going. Oh, (laughs) that's
2: so sweet. Thank you. (laughs) It's true, though. It is. It really is. I think sometimes people can, and I, I, let me start over. I think sometimes people conflate uh, Maul's mission with Kenobi, and and his mission with uh, Sidious, and I I don't know. I think it's it's purposeful that Obi Wan is in this comic and in this story, um, specifically in these parameters, because you get all of basically Maul's adversaries and relationships. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the the difference between like, what you think the difference between his uh, his revenge that he wants from um, Kenobi to his revenge that he wants from Sidious.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I agree. People conflate it all the time. If I put up a poll on Twitter, or if I just threw out the question on Twitter, who does Darth Maul hate the most? I guarantee you 90% of the replies would be Kenobi, which... I mean, maybe I under I undervalue how much Maul hates Kenobi sometimes because he really does. He will go out of his way to mess up Kenobi's day, like every single time. Like you know, he could be going to go get some lunch, and Kenobi's across the street. Will he go just go mess up Kenobi? It, yeah, forget his sandwich. Just, just <laughs> every single time. Forget the food. <laughs> you yeah, forget he'll fight the food on an empty it's, stomach. It, yes, it's not important. <laughs> it just does not matter anymore. But at the end of the day, if, you know, if he could take a shot at Kenobi or at Sidious, yeah, no, he would go to Sidious. It's, that's the end goal. People forget that when Maul got brought back to the Clone Wars, uh, you know, and Savage Press says, you know, what now, brother, uh, you know, will you have your revenge? Maul says, yes, we will start with revenge. That's, that's the idea. The idea is that he's been brought back to life. Now he will go mess up Kenobi. And then move on. You know, he's just going have a little bit of Kenobi revenge as a treat. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then move on to the end game to Sidious. That is his ultimate enemy. And so when you talk about in this comic specifically, it's kind of um, intentional that Obi-Wan is here. I think, yeah, it is intentional because it shows that Maul has much bigger fish to fry. He has Kenobi yes. pretty much outnumbered in in this, doesn't he? It's him and Dooku versus Obi Wan and Master Tipley, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and 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 they kill her, <laughs> exactly. And then Obi Wan kind of gets away, and it's a weird it's a weird conversation because Maul's like, I don't remember the exact line, but he says something like. I'll see you soon. You know? Yeah, I mean, he's just like, like, like well, later. We're not finished with this,
1: but like yeah. Obi Wan just kind of leaves. They <laughs> just yeah. leaves. That's exactly it. It's <laughs> just, like I said, the jedi the Jedi are only in like three pages of this comic because they just don't matter. It's not you know Ma- Okay, here's the thing. Mal just killed Satine. Like three weeks ago he's still full mm-hmm. okay he's still he's fine he just you know he had a little bit of kenobi day ruining pie he doesn't need another slice right now <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> he, has, he has other things to do uh so so uh, yes Kenobi is very much on Maul's mind. We, I can't forget that when Maul was crazy and languishing on Lotho Minor, you know, cut in half, it's Kenobi's name that he kept saying over and over again. But I think people... Also forget (laughs) that when he's crazy and languishing on Lotho Minor, he's repeating his Sith training over and over and over again. This clearly plagues him as much as Kenobi does. Gosh, he has this line again when he's, you know, Spider-Mall, he has those. Robotic spider legs, and he's just so out of it. He's not even aware that his twin brother's in the room. He says, uh, he, "He's muttering to himself, and he says mercy master, mercy. There is no mercy. That is a guise of the weak to make themselves feel strong.' Then I ask not for mercy. I ask for the strength to overcome." Like you know, he's just like it, it's so obviously what that was a lesson that his master taught him. You know, there is no mercy. He. It's just muttering these things over and over as often as he's muttering Kenobi, Kenobi. So these things are conflated, uh, probably intentionally, because it shows that as much as he hurts Obi-Wan, it's never going to satisfy. It's not what he wants. And at the end of the day, would killing Sidious make him feel better? Probably probably not. I'm sorry, but probably not. Because hurting Obi-Wan over and over again, does that really make you feel better? No. I'm, I'm sorry, but... That's the dark side. And it's never going to make you feel better. It is always going to want more. Hmm. Time for oof. Yeah, oof. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you're so right. You're so right. Like it, it wouldn't matter. Like they're conflated, but ultimately both of those endeavors don't matter. And he fails at both of them in the end. It, It really mm-hmm. is another tragedy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, what would he even do? You know, Sisy- Sisyphus, if he got the stone to the top of the hill, now now what? Now what?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Go down the it's other true side. though. Now
2: the stone's sure, at the top yeah. of the hill. Okay, great. You're still going to have to walk down the hill.
1: Yeah. Yep. And on to the next yeah, one. That's the thing. He, he gets his revenge on Kenobi so many times. He, you know, when Mother Talzin brings him back and he says, we're going to start with revenge, He goes to Ryloth, slaughters a bunch of people, gets Kenobi's attention, just like he wants. And then he kicks Kenobi's butt and Kenobi gets away and he's like, OK, that was that now. More things. I've proven that I'm stronger than him, and he goes on and does his whole crime lord syndicate, all that stuff. He the next time he meets Kenobi, he's like, oh "Okay, and you're here, and your girlfriend's over there. Ooh, it's a good day for Maul. <laughs> <laughs> Kills Satine, feels real great about that. And then the next time, and then he finds out Kenobi's alive on you know on Tatooine." Oh no, that's not okay. And I'm at a real low point in my life right now. Vader, the Empire's in full power. If I want to shot at the Emperor, I got to get through Vader, and that's not happening. So maybe if I go kill Kenobi, I'll feel better. Honey, no, <laughs> sweetie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it doesn't end
2: well for him. It, it does not end-, end
1: well. That's <laughs> it. No. Oh, no. That's that's the thing. Sisyphus Oh I got it! I got it! you did <laughs> Guys, it! I did it! I did it. He does have he has a choice. He can choose to stop rolling that boulder up the hill. The boulder can stay at the bottom of the hill, it's fine. I think maybe that's kind of where he gets by the end of Twin Sons is uh he can't defeat Kenobi he's never going to defeat the emperor so he can kind of just let himself go he can just have hope yeah 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 and and he
2: dies with the knowledge that obi-wan is protecting someone who will potentially uh kill Sidious I suppose or balance you know dethrone yeah. exactly mm-hmm. balance the force and I guess that's all that he could want because everything that you just talked about before in this episode about even Maul not fully understanding how to balance even relationships and then having this hope for a, a balance in itself and something that maybe in at that point he realizes it's he can't do that it's not something mm-hmm. he will ever be able to achieve so dying with that that hope is I don't know it's so per to me it's perfect I'm sure you were probably devastated to see him all die
1: oh yeah <laughs> um, oh yeah
2: oh it was a wreck yeah, it, <laughs> I, I totally imagine that and I,
1: I I feel for you I'm sorry did you guys know that that happened on my birthday? So then after no yes no. so after Twin Sons aired and Maul died, I was then eating birthday cake and crying. <laughs> no, that's terrible. <laughs> that's <scary. laughs> Katie. Yeah. I had I had oh, what were those things? What were those toys? the 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 Disney the Disney toy box, and there was like an app. You know, you played it on your computer. Oh, the Sumsums. No, not the zoom Tsum Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just messing this all. Suffice <laughs> to say, I had like a little Darth plastic Darth Maul figure on top of my cake. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I was just crying. <laughs> it's fine. Oh. We can laugh about it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> or, or we could just go oof. <laughs> it's an <laughs> oof moment. It's, it's a, an oof. I think
0: it's yeah,
2: a,
1: it's a little ironic. It's a little, and yeah. The <laughs> irony
0: does not last on me. Like, no, I'm I'm I remember.
1: I remember tweeting before Twin Sons. I remember tweeting Dave Filoni, please don't make me watch Maul die on my birthday, please. <laughs>
0: he's not dave isn't on twitter much yeah no i just like
1: i i could see it coming i think we all could we're like oh maul's gonna go face obi-wan in the desert and well one of them's in a new hope <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. So we yeah. Kind, yeah i could kind of see it coming i kind of knew it did not lessen the sting we oh my gosh it really was it was happy birthday here's your cake
0: that Got yeah, it. the irony is just so horrible, but in a way, it's, like, oddly fitting, but it's also really sad. <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> it's, like, you almost imagine that, like, Mother Towson died on Mall's birthday, too. Like, it's just, like, that oh, would happen oh, to Maul on his birthday. You know what I mean? It would. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, she would be, like, she'd be, like, oh, my son, I remember when you were born, you know – 30 years ago today and finally we're reunited. Oh, and now I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. You, like. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Oof.
0: There's a parallel there somewhere. I know there is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: In a couple of words, why would someone need to read this comic and why would you think it would
1: it's important to maul's story overall? Oh goodness. I I've been waiting for people to read this comic forever. <laughs> It's been, what, six, six years? Yeah, it's been six years since it came out. Uh, But it it really is a a critical, critical story gap between Maul being captured on Mandalore after the death of Satine and the death of Savage Opress. And then, of course, showing up on Mandalore again for the Siege of Mandalore if only because it answers the question of how did these chess pieces move around, how did he get from point A to point B, but also just the emotional arc that Mal goes on here of uh, the, the insight of, you know, he wants to restore his mother and, you know, and have this revenge on his master that as he says in, in rebels, you know, tore me from my mother's arms. This, this vengeance, this need to strike at Sidious it is so deeply personal to him. And then the the character emotional revelations of how does he react when his mother is killed in front of him. That that's not yes, it's one thing to hear me talk about it. It is another thing to read it and to, you know, hear the voice in your head and to think about you everything Maul did, you know, being he was played. They knew that he would when cornered, call out for his mother like a child. And then they would use that to draw her out and kill her. It's Mm. goodness gracious. You can't, you can't just read a Wikipedia article about that. (laughs) You really can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I totally,
2: I totally agree. I think that something you touched on that was so fascinating to me is that you get this comic where you have all of these dark side users talking about their relationship to Sidious and you have a, a, you know, you, Not just Sidious, but the idea of masters and apprentices and who's going to replace who and teaming up. And this whole idea of the rule of two is kind of not redefined, but referenced here in different ways than I thought. I don't know. It was like the most fun part of the comic for me was uh, having all of them talk a little bit about um, what it meant to be Sidious's apprentice and Mm. um, what they think their future is. Because ultimately you look at all of these 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 characters and you know that they die like you look at dooku and you know that he is a bigger pawn in the game than maul and you look at talzin after after it's over right and you're like Mm -hmm. well they're just another means to an end for a tragedy and i think that all of these things are it, it makes me so sad but i was very happy in this comic to see that being so openly discussed um i think it's an issue three or maybe two um uh, when when there's a little bit of a conversation happening and when there's the the dooku and the mall team up it was just so fascinating to me
0: what i like about this comic is like you said charlotte it is it's like all of these people are about to die (laughs) except Mm -hmm. for except for mall and sidious and it's really kind of cool that Maul is the one who actually makes it out of all of this. When, as you said, Katie, like throughout this comic, he is acting very childlike and crying out for his mother. And all of like Dooku and Grievous and Sidious, they're treating him like a child. They're putting him in a corner because they they know what to expect out of him. Mm-hmm. But Dooku and Grievous are both about to die. Talzin dies in this comic. And then Maul is the one who actually ends up surviving and like the tragedy of his life is like was it better that he's survived what like what did the rest of his life actually end up looking like and as dooku said or as Sidious said his future's been erased and even though he did live for a number of years afterwards it kind of was in a lot of ways but he's still the one that survived and it's odd because i think that maul would still look at that as like a victory of like Dooku and Grievous couldn't tough it out for that long, and I did, Yeah, (laughs) Um, even though, like we've been talking about, he's literally at the bottom of the bottom all the time, and it's this continual rise and fall for him, but he's still surviving.
1: Yeah, it's, oh gosh, it's so hard for me because you know that if Maul had joined the Rebellion it, oh my gosh can you imagine like can you no. imagine no
0: no I actually can't
1: no. <laughs> you actually can't oh my <laughs> gosh! well you you know after you, uh, imagine on Malachor he's kind of like hey Ahsoka Kanan what are you guys up to <laughs> yeah okay actually that sounds all right I'll come you know I'll hang <laughs> out but Maul that sounds great like i agent oh my, oh my, God, my gosh yeah right Oh, that would have been incredible. It would have been, like, him as, like, a tactical advisor, especially because he knows Sidious. Oh, my God. This is the best idea ever. Why is this not a thing? Well, because Sidious knows. He knows who he raised. He knows that Maul will never, ever, 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 ever be able to work with others. (laughs) I can't play nicely. Like, he just, he knows. So Sid- Sidious knows that Maul's future is is over. He has no one else really that he can call to for help. Next time when he's backed into a corner, who is he going to be able to call for help? Nobody.
0: It's kind of crazy how I can be sad about Maul. Like I think when you look at this character initially, it's like he's a Dark sider and that's that's what it is. But then mm-hmm. you get all these other layers, and he is an incredibly complicated character, and you do feel empathy for him and sadness even if you're f- angry at the choices that he's making it's like mm-hmm. just stop like just stop just <laughs> just, just sweetie, just do not have, pass go do not collect no. $200 just chill just for a second down. at boardwalk like
1: it's fine yeah. like <laughs> have like, a drink okay. <laughs> have a drink like oh my gosh yeah just sit down ha- have some water it's gonna be okay. if you're dehydrated. That's what Honey, this is. <laughs> that's what it is.
0: Sweetie, mm. you like a Snickers commercial. Like, you're not you when yes. you're hungry. Have a Snickers. Not-
1: <laughs> mm. <Mm-mm. Mm-mm>.
0: Oh. <laughs> I've I've cracked it. I figured it out. Yes,
1: <laughs> it's him and Anakin. Anakin at the end of Revenge of the Sith, he just needs some food and water. Yeah, he really does.
2: Actually, he needs some sleep. Yeah. Water we,
1: just, <laughs> <end>. <laughs> we just stage an intervention where we make Maul and Anakin take naps. That's, That's all they, they need. The, the galaxy yes. would be healed.
0: The galaxy <laughs> would be healed with eight, seven to eight hours of sleep a night. Yeah.
2: <laughs> amazing i I think another really cool thing about this comic i i kind of i think i'd recommend this as crucial clone wars reading if you're super Mm -hmm. into the clone wars i would say that this this to me read like an episode i could totally see it as an episode and that's always so fun to me is when and it doesn't always happen because i think books are their own medium um and other comics i'm like yo no this should be a comic and i think this is great as a comic i'm not saying that but it really did read to me as an arc and it was because it's four four episodes and I can totally for four issues I mean and I can totally see it coming to life and it's to me crucial Clone Wars content because of where we're leading you know and it, what we're missing with Maul I didn't I didn't know this about Mother Talzin and I didn't to be honest I'm not really sure I knew that was is this the comic that revealed that uh, Talzin was Maul's mother, right? Yes? Yes,
1: it is. Yeah. Would you like me to go in-depth about that? I don't know how, yes, what please. we're doing on time. Please. Yes, please. Oh, so here's, here's the thing. Yes, this is the comic that revealed that Darth Maul is Talzin's biological son. Uh, it That was up for debate because everybody calls her mother. So when Maul yes. calls her mother, people are like, oh, that's just, it's her name. It's like Susan. <laughs> but in this she makes it clear that yes he is my blood child which at the time people were thinking no she's lying she's just saying that to get maul on her side and to 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 use to use maul as a pawn against sidious which is then thrown into doubt for me at least uh when she sacrifices her life for maul and if she was lying to Maul and wasn't truly his blood mother, then why wouldn't why would she hesitate to use his life force to defeat Sidious? What 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 was the longer game if she was in fact lying to him? But I remember huge swaths of the fandom when that reveal was made, you know, when that issue came out, and she's like, "Yes, Maul is my son." Huge swaths of the fandom were like, "No, that's incorrect. She's lying," because before that. We thought that Maul's mother was this woman named Kaisina, who had been in a couple books um, that are now declared legends. And uh, she was Kaisina, after she gave birth to twins to Maul and Savage, she was the one who brought Maul into the hands of Sidious uh, you know, for protection. So people were like, no, we're just, where's Kaisina? Because Kaisina, as far as we knew, was still alive. She wasn't on Dathomir when the rest of the witches were slaughtered. So a lot of us were actually s- still waiting for Kaisina to show up. but that never (laughs) happened so we don't we don't know where is kaisina hashtag where's kaisina i don't know maybe yeah she's just waiting in legends to be revived who knows but as as far as we know right now yes talzin is maul's mother and this is the first and only place that has been stated in canon
2: interesting and Yeah. uh, yeah to me that deepens because that's what I thought too when I read it I was like oh this confirms something that I had known for I don't know that I thought I guess but hadn't really didn't really know um, fully and to me that deepens her sacrifice at the end for him um obviously when when it is it's just interesting that it's revealed and then she dies mm. um sad. <laughs> it's oof. It's an oof. It's it an is. Oof.
1: <laughs> it's an oof. <laughs> <laughs> it it just, you know. Um, it you guys were talking about how these last episodes of the Siege of Mandalore really um it really pluses up uh Revenge of the Sith for you guys. Uh this this reveal that Mother Talzin is Maul's biological mother, and then we can assume Savage's as well, it really informs. Uh, Mother Talzin's interactions with Savage Press in the Clone Wars, which I find so fascinating. Mm. If you go back and rewatch those episodes, she's very callous towards Savage when they're around other people. But when she's alone with Savage, she's suddenly very tender with him and she like touches his cheek. You know, she she re- she gives him reassurances. She's the one who tells him that he has a brother and he's like, what? No, that's impossible. And she says, yes, you have a brother. This is where he is go get him she's the one that sends savage on his own you know hero's journey to go rescue his brother and it's just if you're like oh she was his mom the whole time that it it really does kind of recontextualize those scenes
2: Yeah, I'm actually really eager now to go back and rewatch those knowing what we know, because I can totally see how that can recontextualize everything. That's my favorite thing about Star Wars lately is this recontextualization and going back and especially with the Clone Wars. I think the Clone Wars is doing it expertly um, to go and change what we know before. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: It
0: really is. It's it's doing a really good job. And being able to go backwards and forwards in these timelines and continue to recontextualize is really special, and we've said this a million times, but it's it's part of what makes Star Wars so good. And you're right; I I'm really due for a rewatch of that whole arc with Savage, and I'll have to rewatch it now, knowing that we know that she's actually his mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to change a lot of things.
1: <laughs> it is. Oh, I love Savage, the goodest of boys. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I is there anything else that we need to talk about about this comic before we talk about the future of the
1: Clone Wars? Not for me. I think we we got it.
2: I think so too. We have it okay. a lot. Awesome. Let's yeah. move on to part three.
0: Listen, big deal. You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always.
2: Okay, so welcome to part three. We're going to be talking about the speculation and the future of Maul. (laughs) I think we should start, though, since we basically are just coming off of discussing the Son of Dathomir comic um, with how this will inform where Maul is in the future. And Katie, I just want to know, what do you think is going to happen in the next three episodes of The Siege of Mandalore with Maul? And what do you want to happen?
1: Oh, what do I want to happen? I want him to just run away and be happy, and <laughs> skip through fields of daisies. Just, please, I'm begging. Baloney. so relatable. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, that's what we want for Ahsoka, too, right? They can hold hands. They can just- I want it for basically every single <laughs> yeah, character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me and you and you and me just like yeah and they're skipping oh yeah. perfect yes oh. <laughs> we braid We braid anakin a little daisy crown and drape it over his head and just that that's the end of the clone wars bye Looks so
0: nice in his fluffy hair
1: <laughs> yes perfect <laughs> uh so that's what i want what do i what do i think i'm gonna get <laughs> Oh, all right. So what I think is going to happen, you just based on the trailers and stuff, and and what we saw at the end of part one, where Maul comes out, Ahsoka has fallen into this trap, and Maul says, "Well, I hoped for Kenobi. What are you doing here, or why are you here?" <laughs> oh, oh, good question. Why <laughs> he, just, he doesn't? He has no idea who she is, but uh, apparently, I, I guess Maul is. It's got to be more than just a gambit to kill Kenobi. I really don't think this is another slice of Kenobi revenge pie. I still think he's full. I really think <laughs> killing Satine, he's going to be okay for a little while before he needs another slice of Kenobi revenge pie. I love this pie metaphor. Yeah, same. Me too. I just thought of
0: it.
2: <laughs> it's perfect. We love food metaphors on the show. Yes, yeah, so it's,
1: it's, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, so he, so he's still very full on Kenobi revenge pie, and I don't think he went through all of this rigmarole to bring Kenobi here just to mess up his day a little. That that is some extensive losses on Maul's part to just to just remind Kenobi that how much he hates him. He could have just sent him a letter, mm-hmm. honestly. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> like Hamilton style, right? Like, yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> just casual reminder i hate hate you you. (laughs) (laughs) kenobi at this point kenobi's getting like six of them a week he's just he's so he's done all right anyway (laughs) so i'm pretty sure he was luring kenobi here because he had maul has a bigger plan in mind We, we know that he's he's already established crimson dawn he has amassed all this power in the in the underworld again at least enough that he feels like he's at least somewhat protected from sidious even though mother Talzin is dead now and he's scrambling a little bit i think to build up as much a barrier between him and sidious as he can and what is he planning and bringing a jedi here i'm not entirely sh- certain but I do feel strongly, based on the trailers, that he is going to try to rope Ahsoka into it and make some sort of dark side deal with her. We have that great just shot of both of them standing in the throne room, and Maul is extending his hand towards Ahsoka, and she just looks kind of uncertain, like, oh, should I take his hand, should I not? We, we don't know, but I am very interested. <laughs>
0: Yeah that was going to be my question actually. I was like it's something that I've only just started thinking about really this week is if <laughs> if Mall was going to try and do something similar, like, with Ezra? And we've been talking about this whole episode about him seeking companionship, but once he gets it, it's, like, he's not really sure what to do with it, and so then Mm -hmm. it becomes a a thing of control, right? And would he try to do that with Ahsoka? And we saw Ventress kind of do this with Ahsoka in the Ahsoka Leaves arc of, you know, like, your master didn't care about you either, and try to draw this parallel and... If Maul would try to do the same thing with Ahsoka and then it's almost like whatever plans they do have that Ahsoka had and what Maul had, whether it's just this whole rigmarole to send another letter to Kenobi that he hates them <laughs> or I like how you describe it of putting up a, a bigger barrier between him and Sidious for hopefully this bigger game of revenge all of that is about to come crashing down. And so how much of it even still matters at this, at like when all of this is happening. And so what are like, are they going to be forced to be allies? What happens when that's over? I just like, how would Ahsoka respond? <laughs> because yeah. ah- Ahsoka's in a much different place in life than Ezra is when, Maul tries to get Ezra to be his apprentice, and and Maul's in a very in a much different place too right now. And so that kind of conversation and and what Maul would say at this juncture in his life to someone like Ahsoka, it's it's going to be really cool. It's going to be a great conversation.
1: Oh, absolutely. I I I feel very strongly that Maul knows that the ship is going down. He knows that the Republic's days are numbered, and that his master is rising. He he definitely yeah. knows that it's all it's all burning all around them, and they need a plan, or they're not going to survive very long under the empire. I I don't know how he can convey that to Ahsoka. It, it really all depends on in what order of events this all happens. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like because if I th- yeah, sorry. Just, I if think order sixty. I'm sorry. You go first. You oh my go. gosh! No, we're you we're go. both we're all getting so
2: excited.
0: Yeah, so- we're <laughs> yes, like, think yes. it's coming. It's almost here.
2: <laughs> I think we have two characters. We have now Ahsoka, who is just coming off of seeing the world and the universe in like a gr- a really grand sense, right? Like, I think that she's been totally let down by the jedi and she's been kind of disenchanted by the whole system, right? Both sides even. She's kind of fighting individually with Bo-Katan and who she cares about, I guess Rex, right? So she has these clones and everything. But I think that we have two characters who if you're correct in saying that Maul that you feel very strongly and that Maul kind of knows what's going on, you know, that is able to see ahead and to see the fact that like things are about to change, the empire is going to rise, something like that. Um, Ah Ahsoka being in the place that she's in right now, being so disenfranchised, could actually find whatever Maul has to say about the future um, very tempting. And it would be so interesting to see her take that hand or not, but still them working together and somehow, which is very, very last Jedi. So he's very interested <laughs> to see how oh. this would all go. Oh, I'm so
0: excited. <laughs> I think that is in a place right now to definitely acknowledge that Moll is right about Yeah. It, like if he if he does give her the spiel about like, oh well, Sidious, he's taken over everything now. I think she would be able to say, like, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're a dark sider and I'm not coming near you, but I think you're right. <laughs>
1: I have to wonder if Maul and Ahsoka are going to team up to survive Order sixty six. It, it really depends on what order of events this happens in. If it's like spiel first, Order sixty six, let's get out of here, or if it's like Order sixty six happens, they work together, and so Ahsoka's like softened a bit towards Maul, mm-hmm. and then and then they try, or or maybe he gives her the spiel. And she just says, no, thank you, sir, captures him. And then Order 66 happens and Maul escapes in the chaos. And the whole like temptation is is not never like they never team up. There's never a temptation. I don't know. It could go so many different ways.
0: I want to see the team up. I think. Yes. Because we're I think Ahsoka, I think we're like Ahsoka is a character that we're like, she's she's light side. She's obviously not a Jedi, but I don't think I've ever really worried about her being tempted by the dark side. So it would but be Caitlin, Caitlin,
2: Caitlin, I don't know. Like, I feel like we don't know this. I really think we're our all of our impressions of Ahsoka are going to be tested at the very end. Okay, well, that's the. Oh, okay. I hope so. So, so that's okay. That's part right? of
0: the thing is that like Ahsoka has never really been tempted by the dark side, and that you know things happened on Mortis. They were bad. Don't get me wrong, but there, <laughs> there were a lot of other things happening outside of Ahsoka's control, and so and and this. Yeah, we've never really seen Ahsoka in that situation. And I don't know. It it would be really fascinating. It almost goes against how they've been talking about her so far this season. And we're talking about Ahsoka right now. But the thing is, it's like in this high stakes situation, wherever Order 66 occurs in the sequence of events, I can definitely see a situation where Maul is kind of taunting Ahsoka that, oh, you can't fail your master? That's because he's dead. And like really oof yeah. <laughs> 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 a round of oofs for everyone <laughs> yeah and that's and that's where he starts to like pick at that darkness within her and um really kind of try and pull that out of her but i yeah, I would be really interested to see how that happens for Ahsoka to actually tap into that dark side because it isn't something that we've seen before. And Sam Witwer has said that we're going to see stuff in these episodes that we've never seen before, and that that would definitely be <laughs> a big thing. Um, I think that it, that a team up is inevitable for them. I think that's what we all want to see, right? But right. how how far that dark side goes—that's the question. <laughs>
1: I just I just had a galaxy brain. This could lead to not, but oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Hang on. So I'm I'm remembering, you know, during the, the Ahsoka's walk about, um, you know, Dave Filoni was talking about how Ahsoka can't ignore somebody asking for help. That's just that's not who she is. It's, oh
0: Katie. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs>
1: yeah, did you just get there? Did you just yeah, get there? My husband <laughs> What does Maul do when he's backed into a corner? He cries out for help. help. It's not okay. Oh, what do you, oh my gosh, I could actually see that. I wonder, I wonder if he's going to ask her earnestly and genuinely ask her for help and then she, that's more of the temptation is you're a bad person and I probably shouldn't help you, but... But, hi!
0: Wow! (laughs) And they were both betrayed by their respective orders.
2: Yes. Oh wow! They have a lot in common right at this present moment. Yes. (sighs) Oof! (laughs) (laughs) I could really see that happening, and I really, really want that to happen.
1: I want that to happen now, so bad. Yeah. 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 I.
2: I think that we – Caitlin and I have also talked about, like, what happens when Order 66 happens and, like, would Ahsoka even be included in Order 66 since she's not a Jedi anymore? It's interesting because it's like, okay, so is Order 66 kill all the Jedi or could they reverse it into, like, kill anyone with a lightsaber? And if so, then – this is like really really speculatory but i i think it's interesting the idea that ahsoka is included in the order 66 despite not being a jedi and that if it is kill everyone with the lightsaber that you're with is maul also included in that and how does that work and are they when they're escaping together if they if they do escape together are they both targets or is only one of them target a target you know and i think that it's just interesting because you're right in the fact that Maul has amassed or um, has things in place for Crimson Dawn. Is that also something that is is intriguing to Ahsoka? Like, what's next for her? The whole idea that they call that he calls her Lady Tano the next time we see them interact in in Rebels is like it's so formal. It's so from, but it's also familiar. It's like
0: yeah, I've it's only from- ever. It's from Mandalore, like yeah. What happens
1: if Ahsoka right. escapes with Maul and spends a year with him and Crimson Dawn? I'll lose my ding dang mind. I oh, it would be that, so yeah, cool. Yeah, where <laughs> I I really do wonder. You know, after her time with the Martez sisters, would something like Crimson Dawn be appealing to her? She could you know, theoretically run it and use it to help people. I don't I, know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The door is wide open. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, my head is spinning, like, so much. Like, what yeah. does the dark side
2: Ahsoka actually look like when she's not possessed? Right. I mean, we already saw an Ahsoka that I wasn't expecting in the first episode. Yeah. I, I was not expecting her to be so business is business. Um, that's not the Ahsoka that I think we've all loved for, you know, years or known. And I feel like it's, I don't know. I, I think I yeah. really, really firmly believe that our expectations of Ahsoka are going to be tested. And in the same it. way that you... Yeah, I think that Maul's going to do it, and I think that it makes sense. I mean, they've been building to this fight so beautifully shot. They have, but they they are going to fight. Also, you know, because we do have the mocap suit of Ray Park. Oh so yes, that's happening. <laughs> that's
1: happening. <laughs> but maybe maybe they fight for like two minutes, and then Maul's like, "What are we fighting about?" And Asoka goes, "I don't know." Yeah, like <laughs> neither
0: of us are Sith or Jedi. What are we doing? Yeah, what are we
1: doing? <laughs> we need to take a water break. Yeah, I just both of us <laughs> stop. <laughs> Drink some water.
2: <laughs> I just hope there's a lot of talking during oh, the fighting and it's not just please. big fight.
1: Oh, I that's I
0: want. Mall talks yeah. a lot. So I think Yeah, Mall's a cool. chatterbox.
1: He He's is a chatterbox. A chatterbox. <laughs> and it's so that's such nobody understand I'm not nobody. Okay, so few people appreciate that Mall as of like 2012, it's only been Ever since Sam Witwer got his hands on the part, because he's just so delightful, that Maul has become a chatterbox. Before that, he like <laughs> in his comics and in his books, he would rarely vocalize, and there would be jokes in comics with like, "Oh, you don't say very much, do you?" You know, that was that was his character. He was silent, and now no, he just he just if you're in the same room with him, he wants to talk. He, <laughs> he wants to know, <laughs> tell you all you're about so right. why you sh- yeah, why you should join him, like. <laughs>
2: That's so funny that it it totally changed with Sam Webber because it totally did. I mean, he has, what, like three lines in The Phantom Menace?
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Like three words, nearly. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh, I would love – I don't want to, you know, waste your guys' time writing too much fanfic, but I would love Maul to just be all like, I don't want to fight you. He has better things to do than to fight this girl that he has – he has no emotional stakes in fighting her. Yeah, you know he doesn't. This is not Kenobi, and striking at her isn't going to hurt Kenobi. It there's no there's no satisfaction to be gained. It's not yeah. personal. For everything, for all, needs to be personal. And I would just love for Ahsoka to be all like, "Okay, you're a Sith. Lightsabers out. Let's go." And him just be like, "No, I really, I'm good." And <laughs> she just doesn't know how to handle that. Like, right, <laughs> right. She just wouldn't know. You know what? What's a Jedi supposed to do when the Sith won't draw his weapon? Right? God, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Mm. And for it to be the Dark sider who doesn't draw their weapon. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to write too much fanfic. <laughs> it's good no, fanfic, I love it. though. <laughs> oh thank you
0: (laughs) (laughs) so we have these last three episodes and we've kind of been talking about it but do you have any lingering questions about maul that you still want to know about him
1: oh so many first of all whose lightsaber is that whose lightsaber Mm -hmm. is that what no for no for serious Whose lightsaber is that? Okay, because I, I don't know if you guys picked it up in Son of Death Amir, but he really likes that dark saber. He yeah. enjoys that dark saber. Why isn't he using it? He still has it. It, it. you know, it should be in his back pocket. Why? What makes this lightsaber that I've never seen before? What makes that more important or a better tool than the dark saber? Is it just because he was like, I'm over the single blade. I'm going to use a double bladed lightsaber. (laughs) I don't I don't know. I'm just whose lightsaber is that? Where did it come from? I have questions. And then I just want to know. Yeah. Where where does he go from here? Where it obviously he goes to Crimson Dawn and eventually he's going to meet the love of his life, Kira. And it's going to be great. (laughs) They're going to they're going to go on so many dates on Dasimir. It's going to be wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. I just, yeah. I want to know what his, what his plans are. I, you know, like we were saying earlier, we only ever see 10% of Maul at a time. And I, I just want to know, you know, we, we have 15 years between the siege of Mandalore Maul, you know, being uh, captured or whatever on Mandalore and then him showing up on Malachor uh, with Ezra. You know, we, we now know, thanks to Solo, that he spent some time with Crimson Dawn, with the criminal underworld, but 15 years. Do you know what Maul can do in 15 years? A I, lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot. I, and I'm yes, I'm very interested. I'm very, very interested to know what's next for Maul.
2: Me too. I, I really want the next piece of Solo, whether that's a Solo 2 or some sort of carryover project where we can learn about Kira and Maul somehow. It's just so cool. I want to know everything. Like, literally yes. everything. That's literally everything. It, 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 yeah. I mean, the the end of Solo was such a huge question mark. It's such a great reveal and I will never forget it. Mm-hmm. But it is such a big question mark of like, whoa, he's you know at the top whoa and what has he been doing and how's kira like fit into this and what's next for them and how does the empire even fit into this there's so many questions and i would love to see it i'm desperate for it
1: oh me too especially how how does vader feel about this because we know vader really doesn't like maul just really that's why vader went to malachor is because the Inquisitor mm-hmm. said, Oh, hey, we found Maul. That's why the Inquisitors are looking for Maul in the first place. Is because Vader's like, you get rid of that guy. I just you find him, <laughs> you bring me his head, you do it. Like Vader does not he can't he hates that Maul is still alive. And that's why he comes to Malachor in the first place. So how 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 is Maul surviving with, you know, Vader out for his blood? I just I I want to know. I want to know. I want to know, too. So
0: badly. (laughs) I really just want to go to Dathomir in live action. That's
2: really what (gasps) I would like. That'd be so good.
0: That's really what I need in this – out of all of this, honestly. And (laughs) I want Maul to take us there. (laughs) Please.
2: Keelan's favorite thing <laughs> is that after Solo, if you have a question, if you're a general audience member and you're like, "How is Darth Maul alive?" one of the first places you'll go is you'll start on Dathomir, <laughs> Dathomir.
0: <laughs> and see like, that. It's just like if you if you have no context for Clone Wars and you just you're like, "What's Maul?" and you either dive in when Sabat like imagine your first introduction to Clone Wars being Mother Talzin and the Night Sisters. Like, I'm sorry, it's a lot. It is a lot. It was a lot when we saw it for the first time and we were all, like, in it.
1: Well, just think about it because you go from Maul being revived and then you, like, immediately go into, like, Overlords, right? You just would – Yeah. Oh, my – it's a lot. Okay.
0: It's a lot. And I (laughs) love it. I love – I want – I wish I had a first reaction of someone who's never watched Clone Wars. For them to start with Jathamir, it's it's like I'm I'll desperate for this that. List.
2: We've talked oh we've gosh. talked about it enough that like I really want it to happen, right? And I want to know, I want to know whose first episode that was. <laughs> zombies. zombies, zombies, zombies! Oh, there's magic, like, magic, magic. possession, <laughs>
0: possession. <laughs> okay.
2: I think that brings us to the end.
0: Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like we've covered a lot. We haven't covered everything, but I feel like we have covered a ton. And of course, like we've been saying, there was no one better to discuss this character with than you, Katie. So thank you so much for taking time to be with us today.
1: Of course. Thank you. I've loved it.
0: We do have one last question, which is, of course, our Star Wars dinner question for you. And I'm not going to explain it because I'm horrible at explaining it. And everyone <laughs> I'll knows. I'll explain it. Okay, okay, go. Go, Charlotte.
2: Okay. Katie, you get to pick five people, alive, dead, fictional, or non, who you could have dinner with. And the object is really good conversation. So who are you going to bring to your Star Wars dinner?
1: My ideal Star Wars dinner. It's me. And Sam Whitwer in an IHOP at 4 a.m. Wow. That's it. That's it. That it's. Yes. That. Oh, my God. This is legendary. Oh, my God. <laughs> Galaxy Brain. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's that's the dinner. Because. OK, so for me, this is perfect because it's just it's just me and Sam Whitwer in ihop so at four specifically at 4 a.m because yeah. i at 4 a.m is just mwah, that's, magic. that's basically yeah it's magic that's basically what i think heaven looks like because there's no one else in there you know uh, even the theater kids have gone home you know <laughs> <laughs> So it's just, you know, it's just you in the and unlimited pancakes. Just the pancakes just keep on coming. And it's just me and Sam Whitwer talking for hours about Darth Maul lore. Because honestly, you guys keep saying that I'm an expert. And I'm like, okay, but where, how do I stack up against Sam Whitwer? I honestly don't know. I would love to find out. I would love to find out because sometimes- I would love
2: to find out too.
1: I me?
0: Mean, yes. I love the idea that you get. Like all of these secrets from Sam, at like four thirty-seven in the morning, but yes. you can like never say them out loud. Like they can only yeah. exist in this space of IHOP from the hours of three to five thirty a.m. And it's yes. like then like poof, it's done. But like it was
1: everything you needed it to be. <laughs> exactly. It would just it would just be golden and beautiful. Just ah, oh, it would be so cool. So I I've thought about this. I'm like, can Dave Filoni come? Can can he come? to ihop with me and sam and i don't i don't know because okay i have one very specific question for dave filoni and that's why did he draw darth maul as a stag one time
2: you know katie we have that question on our our we have a document if the day literally ever comes which it's never gonna come where we get to interview dave filoni and it's it's on our it's on our list because of you yeah oh and, i yeah, love that I, thank you anyway tell, <laughs> tell the world the question
1: oh yeah for <laughs> so, so the picture oh my gosh the picture i i was at rancho obi-wan which is here in california so I'm, I'm very very lucky that i live so close to it which is just uh steve sansweet's like huge star wars collection and in the very last room which is just filled with artwork um in the very like in a corner I swear, it, this drawing—it's little bigger than an index card—is of Darth Maul. It's a portrait of Darth Maul, except his tattoos have been morphed into the image of a stag, and the stag's eyes are yellow, just like Maul's eyes. And Maul's horns have been morphed into like antlers—the antlers of the stag. So the 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 stag's antlers are are Maul's horns. It's it's all it's very fluid. It's very beautiful. And of course I, I saw that and I was just stunned and, and it says, you know, uh, it said "Christmas Mall" by Dave Filoni, and I'm like, Christmas. "What? Christmas Mall? Yeah, it's called Christmas Mall by Dave Filoni." And so, you know, Steve uh, Sansweet—he—he's not there, uh, at least for me. He wasn't there for the whole tour, but he did come out into the last room, and he's—you know—he's fielding questions. And I bring him over, and I'm like, "Please explain this to me. What—what what is happening here?" And he said that it was a holiday card that um, Dave did for, um, for for the staff. Uh, you know, working on the Clone Wars at the time and uh and you know and he drew he drew so in the display was the original sketch and then the the final one of the finalized Christmas cards that he sent out to to everybody and i and that's all that Steve knew. He doesn't know why. <laughs> why it's mall as a stag? Is it just because he could have made it more Christmassy if it's supposed to be like <laughs> oh reindeer or something for Christmas? Reindeer He well. could have made reindeer mall. Yeah, he could have like put holly on him. I don't know. I don't jingle bells. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. It Just it felt so intentional to me that it's a stag because stag mythology is like you know, that stags are protectors of the forest, of you know, and the forest is a dark primal place. And it, I don't know, it felt so intentional to me that I would love to ask Dave what he was thinking and what's going on there. And then either he would tell me this like amazing insight into Darth Maul's character, or he would just go, Oh, I did it for Christmas once, who cares? Like, yeah, that's <laughs> well, those are the only two options.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think like you could have. Ha- like if you if you wanted to make sure it was like just you and Sam, you could have like Dave drop Sam off at IHOP yeah. and like
1: ask him as
0: like Sam's getting out of the car.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could just be like, "Hey, Dave, real quick." Because I feel like besides that one question that I have about stag mall, anything else I could ask Dave about mall, Dave just wouldn't answer He'd be like, I'm going to keep that to myself in case I want to tell the story one day. Cause that's always <laughs> what he does. And literally always what he does. And I don't want him there. If he's just going to be a wet blanket. Okay. Just get out of my <laughs> IHOP. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
0: I'm obsessed with, your dinner i i was like she's either gonna bring sam or she's gonna bring like a very specific version of mall and i was like i think it's gonna be sam but then i was like who else is she gonna bring like i couldn't picture it and that's because the only person you need is sam but the IHOP at 4 a.m just like yes chef's kiss seals it
1: Yes, perfect yes. <laughs> Well, I feel I feel so strongly about that that the atmosphere needs to be perfect, yeah. and I think four a.m. IHOP is that perfect atmosphere for me and Sam Whitworth just going ham about Darth Maul. Man. It totally
2: is. It's like that lucid late night, yeah. like you gotta talk it all out type it's magic. thing. Yeah, yes. it really is. Yes. Oh, My God. Okay. Oh That's my God. Amazing. I love it. I Thank Thank you. You. that was a great dinner. That really was. <laughs> Last
0: <laughs> breakfast. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, Katie, thank you so much for being on the show. I know we've said it a hundred times, but we're so glad to finally have you on to talk all about Mall. and uh, we'll probably have to have you back on once we're done with the Siege of Mandalore just to see <gasps> how things shake out because it's going to be bananas. But oh, I'd love
1: that. I'd love
0: until,
1: that. <laughs> until then,
0: where can people find you online?
1: Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Poe Hot Dameron.
0: Best handle. Yes. I love <laughs> this. <Thank laughs> best handle.
1: <laughs> yes. So
0: everyone should go follow Katie. And like Charlotte said, we're going to link to Katie's it's a marvelous life presentation <laughs> in the show notes. If you haven't watched it, do yourself a favor and watch it. I guarantee you'll be entertained and you'll learn something. Because there's we have not covered everything and Katie covers so much in her presentation so definitely go check that out and follow her as well and if you guys want to follow us online we are on Twitter as well at Skytalkers pod for the podcast at clarity is Charlotte's handle and at Caitlin plusher is mine you can also find us on Instagram Facebook and our website skytalkers.com, as well as our email skytalkers podcast at gmail and if you haven't left us a review on iTunes please do it helps other people find our show and we would really appreciate it thank you to everyone who has left us a review in the past couple weeks we see them we read them we love them so thank you and if you're interested in other ways to support us you can also check out our patreon
2: yes and i want to say a huge thank you to these patrons casey chuck cassidy chell christian claire courtney daniel daniela danny david bethany joey and jason thank you so much for supporting us your support means the world
0: yes thank you guys so much and until next time may the force be with you
2: may the force be with you Thank you.